Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll continue our verse-by-verse study in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. The title of this sermon is, Did God Actually Say? Part 2. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study from God because I've sinned and hopefully you'll grant that forgiveness that's hard to do but if you're dying to self because what did Jesus he said on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do on the cross as he's sitting there bleeding he's over there worried about his mother he's worried about others on the cross while he's bleeding he's getting harassed by one thief and the other thief hey remember me in paradise and he still is ministering up until his last point as we see him die this this weekend as we get to those verses of scripture but we need to be very careful of the devil and remember i told you all this last week in second corinthians 11 verse 14 it says no wonder for even satan disguises himself as an angel of light so we need to understand that and we went over that and if you if you want to understand more about that teaching you can just simply watch next week or you can listen to it or watch it it, it has all of that in there and so the one thing that we need to understand is, I asked this question last week, like why didn't they freak out because the serpent is talking, right? Now, you have to understand, you've had mom and dads. You've had uncles and aunts, right? You've had people that have brought you up. And so you know what the dominion of animals are. Adam and Eve, right, their perspective of animals is going to be different from ours. Their experience is going to be different. And so they, they didn't even have any other humans to learn it from. So they may have thought, hey, this is just normal. I guess maybe do all the animals talk, right? But we're easy to kind of like, well, why did he? Did Jesus should have got up and took off. Yeah, I, I get all that. But you have to understand, they, they had just been created. You know, we don't know how, what the time span is here, but, you know, it, it's important for us to just kind of grasp that concept. So he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the, any tree in the garden? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17 is the actual command. And it says, the Lord God commanded man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So Satan actually goes in and he changes some stuff up, right? Like, can you eat? He makes a question. He's like, 
let me get you to do one thing. I need you to actually doubt God's Word. I need you to doubt it. And let me tell you something. When you get into a place where you're doubting God's Word, you're in, you're in a deep fall. You need to be careful because Satan, he's got you. He's got you. And I mean, Eve could have just been like, wait a minute, that's not what Adam told me. That's not what we were told. But she started questioning. And that's why Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, but I am afraid that the, as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from sincere, pure devotion to Christ. That's what Satan wants to do. Lead you astray. And so he disarms her. And, and one of the things he does, he attacks the love and loyalty of God who made her. Like he questions that. Did God actually say? We need to be very careful when we have those assumptions that God's word is, is subject to our judgment. It's not. That's why when people get upset and they go, well, homosexuality is not in the Bible. And it's like, uh, it is. <laughs> it's a number of times that it's discussed. But they get mad at you. For bringing it up but it's like look it's in the bible dude I, i'm not the author of the bible that's god you want to take it up with god take it up with god but that's what happens is we assume that we can twist and 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 turn around god's word and we need to be very careful with that it's not subject to our judgment we are to study the context of scripture the context of scripture and understand like we're not to add to it we're not to go, oh, well, I think it means this. No, you need to understand what it means. And if you don't, you ask questions. I, I, trust me, I asked a lot of questions. My daughter, man, she was a question machine. Lena would be just like one after another after another. And the woman, it says in verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Well, that's not what God said. And that's not what Adam, I don't know what Adam told her at this point. But here's a very, very dangerous thing you need to be careful with. Eve is in a dialogue with the devil. When temptation's there, it's not there for you to kind of go back and forth and have that conversation. You need to walk away from it. He told her very simply, right? You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. So Eve didn't get it right. But of the tree of, of, of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now we can see in the comparison of Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, uh, you know, it was from, from any tree of the garden that you may freely eat. Uh, but Eve said that, that from the fruit of the trees. So she subtracted something, right? She removed something from the Word of God or from God, what God had told her. It says, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat for it, uh, you shall surely die. But she said, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, she subtracted the name of the tree, knowledge of good and evil. She's forgetting a lot of stuff. And it's very important for you to understand this. When you, for, when, when you are forgetting the scripture, the time is not within the temptation to try to figure it out. This is why being in God's Word every day is so important. Pastors will tell you this and tell you this, and I know y'all get tired of hearing it. I know y'all do. I'm like, here he goes again. Here he goes talking about how we need to spend 15 minutes a day in God's Word. Here he goes again talking about how important it is to be in God's Word. But what happens is when we're, 
when we're forgetting pieces of scripture and we're trying to figure it out or we taking stuff out and going, I think it means this and I want to do that, you're in a bad place. Psalm 58 verse 4 says they have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ears. So David understood that the wicked uh, were like snakes who wouldn't listen to truth. No matter how, how the song was played, they wouldn't listen to truth. And there are people like that. There are Christians like that. They're supposed to live their life a certain way and they just will not listen to truth. They're deaf. Why do you call yourself a follower of Christ then? I mean, that's, that's really what you, what are you doing? You'd be better off taking your time and just go do whatever you want to go do. If you're going to follow, follow. Look, I, I know when I, when I look at Scripture, I know that it is the truth, that it's inerrant, that it is, is accurate. It is God's Word. And, and, man, I need, to, I need to get them snakes away from me so I can hear the truth. I don't want to be deaf to it. Well, let me tell you something. That's what we talked about. The further you get, the, the more drifting you have, the easier it is for that voice to get lower and lower and lower. And the noise of the world gets turned up. It says in verse 3, But God said, You shall not eat of the, uh, the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But God said, now he's going to go back and he's going to quote God, right? And, and what we see is how Eve quoted God. She says, God has said you shall not eat of, uh, from it or touch it. So she, she's added that you shall not touch it, lest you die. She subtracted in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. This is a problem. That's not what God said. Did Adam add something to it? Did Adam get it wrong? Because the way it was given to Eve is, this don't make no sense. And this is where legalism is born. When you add to Scripture, you can't keep it. You can't keep the law. When you start saying it's Jesus plus this, that, you need to run away from that. Because people will say with Gnosticism, they'll, 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 you know, that, that's a higher learning, a higher spiritual you know, this is where you're at. Yeah, you need to follow Christ. But man, if you learn this, that's going to put you at another level. Uh-uh. That's, that's legalism. That's, that's you adding something to it. And we need to be very careful about adding the Scripture. It tells us in Revelation 22, verse 19, And if anyone takes away from the words of, of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. When we add to the Word of God, you're adding bondage. You're adding bitterness and you're, and you're, and you're creating backsliding for people because they can't keep it. They can't keep it. Understand that this is a relationship with God, not a religion. Not a religion. Don't add rules or conditions or regulation to God's Word. But that's what happens here. In verse 4, it says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. He makes her question God's word. And Satan is, is arrogantly saying, God's a liar. Because he adds to Scripture. And he actually counters what God's word says. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, You are the father, the devil. Your will is to do the father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. 
In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6, it says, Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. How does, how does Jesus deal with Satan? In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus combats that with De Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. The devil does what? He gets him to, he's twisting the scripture again, right? Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But he tells them, look, man, it, it, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And then it goes in verse 5 in Matthew. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on the other hand, they will bear up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And then Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put your Lord God to the test. That's Deuteronomy 6.16 in Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. So he's quoting the devil's scripture. In verse 8 in Matthew, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me, then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you uh, serve. The devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Remember I gave you this verse last week. It's very important in James chapter five, uh, 4, verse 7. It says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You want to get rid of temptation? Start quoting Scripture. You want to get rid of temptation? Start saying, you know what? That goes against God's word. You're not getting me like that. You know what? The devil will flee. You resist the devil, the devil will flee. In verse 5 it says, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's back in Genesis chapter 3. You'll be like God. That is secular humanism. That's what philosophy gets you. You be like God. You'll be like God. How many religions are pushing that right now? Oh man, when you die, you'll be like a God. Scientology, Mormonism, they all, like, a, you're going to have your own planet, bro. Lies. It's lies from the pit of hell. They're all lies. It's humanism. This is man's way to reach God. Just like the Tower of Babel. It's religion. And that's not what God's called us to. He's called us to a relationship. I love the Apostle Paul because even when the Apostle Paul was living religion, remember Paul, Paul was actually killing Christians and arresting them and destroying families, destroying businesses. But Jesus saved Paul. In Acts 26, verse 18, it says, To open their eyes so that they may not turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. He's like, Lord, save them. He was speaking to the king. He's like, save them. Save them. Open their eyes. Bring them from darkness to light. That's a great prayer. If you have somebody in your life that's not following Jesus Christ, 
You can you can just go to Acts 28 verse uh, 26 verse 18. Uh, the whole context of that scripture is Paul's actually sharing the gospel. Remember, as he's making his way to Rome, this is one of the stops that he makes, and he starts sharing his story, how he was kicking against the goads, <laughs> and Jesus got him. He's like, man, ask God to open their eyes and turn from darkness to light. That's all we can do. We don't have any power to save anybody. All we can do is pray for their salvation, for their eyes to be open, for, the, for that dark, dark place that they're in, for the light to finally shine in there. And, and I love that piece of scripture because it, it's the gospel. It gives us relief from the darkness. It releases us from the power of Satan and remits sin. And it restores us to Jesus and, and, a, and a lost inheritance that's waiting for you. Like Jesus is waiting for you. Eternity with him in heaven. And yet we choose the darkness. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took, the, took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, For all of that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but, of, uh, but it is from the world. When we see Eve, she actually, this scripture is fulfilled. I mean, it's, it's, it's a scripture that's written, but it's Eve, Eve actually does each one of these things. Because Eve, actually, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was good for food, lust of the flesh. It was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes. And it would make one wise pride of life that's every person's struggle in this world are those three sins it all wraps around those in james chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 it says but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death it is like when you go fishing and you have that lure that shiny lure and those fish are in a school and they're paying attention to what they're doing in that school. And all of a sudden that shiny lure comes by and one of the fish take off for it. That's sin. That sin is that shiny lure. And that's how quick you're gone. And you run after it. One of the things we need to remember is sin always brings forth death. Every time. Sin will kill your relationships. It will destroy your happiness. It will ruin your life. Now, people will say, well, that's just too much, Mike. No, it does. For somebody who's lived in a, in a sinful life for 39 years, it does. It does. And it just doesn't affect you. It affects everyone around you. And, and here's something else. Not just your family. It affects your community. And you think, well, nah, I don't know about that. Man, I'll tell you what. After I heard the testimony of Craig... When he shared his testimony and, and Jimmy, as they shared their testimony and they're doing drive-bys and they're robbing people, their sin affected a lot of other people that was not family. But we think in our mind, well, it's, it's not hurting anybody. It's just me. No, it's destroying. It's death. It's destroying much more than just you. And that's why we have the cross. We look to the author and perfecter, the loving person that died on the cross, the agony and the pain, the brutality 
and the beauty of the cross and how He died for us. A debt of sin that we could not pay. We couldn't pay it. No matter how much you think you're good, no matter how much you think you can earn it, you can't pay for it. And this is the moment that creation's done. Perfection's done. Death begins because they've sinned. If you think, well, you know, it doesn't, work, doesn't matter if I just look on desire. Think about Potiphar's wife in Genesis 39, verse 7. Or Samson, when he saw uh, the, palace, uh, the Philistine girl, and he was like, I'm going to get that girl. And God told him, what, you're not supposed to be marrying foreign women. And think about David, and David is supposed to be a man at war, looking out on a rooftop, and he falls because he saw something, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Ends up murdering somebody. Ends up losing a child. Matthew 5, verse 28, Jesus said this, But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And sadly, I would say that to the women today because there's a lot of women that are hooked on pornography today. It used to be a man's thing. Not anymore. It's affecting everybody. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, it says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became the transgressor. Those three words, and he ate, and he ate, Adam was present. Was he there the whole time? We don't know. One of the biggest questions that I have, but let me tell you something. Who, who's held accountable? Adam is. He's the leader of the family. He's the husband. In Hosea verse 6, verse 7, it says, But like Adam, they transgressed the covenant, and there they dealt faithfully with I can't get that one out. Faithlessly with me. I'm moving too quick. And then verse 7. I think what we're going to do is we're going to stop there because we're already at 730. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just pick up verse 7 and I'll carry it on until next week because I, I know it's late and I, I, y'all got busy weeks and we got a lot more to cover because we're just getting into it. And, and we'd be here for another 15, 20 minutes if I keep going. And I love y'all enough to say, okay, that's enough and all. One of the things that I do want you to understand is like as you look at this, um, is to understand that, that at this point, that First John 2.16, how Eve fell for those things, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and pride of life. That quickly. And, and we need to be very careful with those things. I mean... You know, I, one of the things I was thinking about, even, you know, as we uh, were dealing with pride of life, there's a lot of self-help books. That's just more pride. Why are you trying to fix yourself? Jesus does that. <laughs> the book of the Bible does that. If you just do what God's Word says, you'll be good to go. We read self-help books, and it's just, it's just hidden pride. Trying to make yourself better. Man, be careful, because pride is, man, that's... That one gets a lot of people. And, and, I, and I've seen it. I've seen it when we go to, you go to conferences and they're like, how many people did you bring? How big's your church? Big enough to where we get to meet every Sunday. And if that was just me and Teresa, that's all we got. I'm just going to be, keep being obedient to do what we do. It, look, man, let me tell you something. It's not fun when people go. You ask the question, why did they leave or what's going on? But God is, God's going to do what God's going to do, you know. I've, I've, and I'm talking about my old church here. 
you know, we've had we've had people that that have come and gone, and and you know, it's just a different season for them. And the main thing I always tell them is like, man, just get plugged into another church and and stick, stay there for a while, and help them the way you've helped us. Because a lot of times people, it's just a different season. Things happen, they move in different areas. You just don't know, and all. And and we can't, you know, we can't be worried about who's here and who's not here. My job is to teach the word for whoever's here, whoever's watching online, whoever's listening. You realize, like, we have, we have our own radio station. I don't know if y'all knew that. We do. It's called Sunsight, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. It's actually on TuneIn Radio. It's on Streamer. It actually plays pretty, pretty chill music in the morning and afternoon. It gets a little wild in the afternoon and in the evenings because that's for the youth. It's Christian hip-hop and stuff. But we had over 1,000 listeners, and we've only been doing it for a month. Why do we do that? Because the gospel goes out. The Word of God is on there. We're teaching the Word of God on there. And it's not just Mike that's on there. It's other pastors. And so we do that for the purpose of getting the gospel to go out. Now, what is the benefit of that? Will it impact the church here? Probably not. But we have listeners in Vietnam. For some reason, there's a ton of people listening in Ireland. I don't know what's going down in Ireland, but something's going down in Ireland. But there are a ton of people that are listening in Ireland. And it makes no sense. But praise God. We're on the radio here in town on, on KYRQ. And, and, um, and, and they were like, we need radio. So I said, hey, I got Pastor Joe's radio. You want to put Word of Grace on. So now I have the best lead in ever. I got Pastor Joe who basically just throws the softball up and lets me just because he that's Joe's on the radio now. We always prayed about being on FM radio. We're on AM and, and at, at uh, Grace Calvary Chapel. We're on AM radio for God, I've done his radio since Louis taught me in 2009. And we've been praying for FM radio forever. And here I'm listening to Joe for the last two weeks on the radio. God's going to do what God's going to do. God's going to bring the people that God's going to bring. What our job is to do is to continue to go out and share the gospel. Continue to invite people to church. Don't stop doing that. That's what the Cactus Fest is for. It's so we can you know, continue to meet people in the, in the community. Encourage them to get to church. I don't care if they come to this church. Last year, you know what we did most of? Encourage people to go back to church because it was still COVID. We were, hey, get back to church, man. It's time. That's what we do. You know, we try to make disciples. We want to see people grow. Um, I, I mean, I hate seeing people fall into sin, but it happens. And, and when it happens, we're there to walk with you. We're there. We're, we want to see God restore you. We want to see God continue to use you. It's not like you fall and you go, okay, that's it. I'm done. God can never use me again. Then we'd all be disqualified. Every one of us. We're all sinners. And we all need a Savior. And this is a hospital <laughs> for, for the sick. And we're all sick. There is not a perfect person that will walk into this church except for Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And the moment you walk in here with your pride thinking you got everything together, you're, you're just like the rest of us. You're, you're in need of a Savior. You know, it's, it's one of those things that we need to remember. Vanity of vanities. Be careful of the pride of life. You know, I think it might, I've told you that song my grandfather used to sing all the time. Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. 
And I think about that song now and I think how prideful that song is. But there are people that are like that. They think that. that They got it all together. And you know what? It gets brought to the light. It gets brought to the light. I, I don't know. I've, I've met so many people that I've known over my time of being in the church that have this perfect little life online. And the stuff that's going on with their kids, the stuff that's going on with the, the, their, their parents or their, just the extent. And it's just like, but they, the hypocrisy, like everything's good. And the devil has them exactly where he wants them. You can be free of that. There's freedom in Christ, man. Ask for forgiveness of your sins. Do that 180, turn back and run to God. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.